Welcome to Dice Carnival! You are listening to The Wild Beyond the Witchlight in collaboration with the Homebrew D&D Podcast. My name is Misha, and I'll be playing Amanda Amazing, the detail-driven Sylvan Rogue Detective, closing in on her breakthrough case. I'm Cody Smith, and I play Philo Featherbottom. Philo is a halfling wizard who has gone through some rather strange events. My name is Greg from the podcast Dice Carnival. I'll be playing Astrak, the star-speckled grip-lead druid who yearns to leap for the stars but cannot leap. My name is Austin Brady, and I will be playing the character Hobbs, who is a sentient log warlock and are very flammable. <laughs> Hi, I'm Geo, and my character is Tor, a young Harringham monk who ran away to the Witchlight Carnival as a child to pursue their love of dance. They've been working at the carnival ever since. And finally, my name is Adrian, your dungeon master and host. This episode of Dice Carnival is sponsored by C4 Labs, proud vendors of free shipping in the United States. Now available is the Hugo Dice Tray with the utility of compartments for all of your dice, plus the flaming pizzazz of the man himself. Additionally, at checkout, you can type in Dice Carnival with no spaces or caps to get 10% off your whole order. So if you want to support your local musician or just find great products for your D&D games, head to c4labs.com. Whether this is your first time listening or you're already a subscriber to our content, we at Dice Carnival welcome you and hope that you enjoy what you're about to listen. <laughs> Bye now! Last time in the wild beyond the Witchlight. The crew, having departed from the Witchlight Carnival through a looking glass, they found themselves deposited in the domain of Prismere. They discovered that this land was not the Feywild they heard about in stories. Whatever rules or repercussions which would govern this land, it seems as though its denizens had fallen to anarchy and descent. Lured into an ambush by an otherwise friendly band of Herengan brigands, Amanda, Ostrok, Philo, and Hobbs battled their way off the raft, flipping it in the process, through the combined effort of two pack snails. After departing the group, they made their way towards a slanted tower, where they saw a balloon crash onto its edifice. But as they approached it, they heard a cry for help of a small fairy ground, who introduced himself as Sir Telivar, Knight of the Summer Court. He is eternally grateful for the assistance the party granted him, and bows to Amanda, who he regards as the royal monarch of the Witchlight Carnival, and presents her with a small longsword, which really would function more like a dagger in the hands of Amanda. He instructed you to seek out Jingle Jangle for assistance in your quest to free the Bilna. He pointed you towards Telemy Hill, and as you ventured out onto the swamp, you couldn't help but notice the water level dropped, and the four of you we returned to marching across the land, seeking Zabilna, your companion Tor, and whatever lies before you within what remains of Prismere. Amanda, Ostrok, Philo, and Hobbs, we hear the sound of squashing and stomping of boots. If you're lucky, that is, if you brought galoshes. I can imagine individuals like Hobbs and Ostrok are less concerned about the silty texture of the earth below you. I should note that the light has been unshifting since you arrived, as though you have wandered into an eternal twilight, perhaps a little earlier than twilight, just after sunset. The oranges and pinks and salmons and corals, and it creates a vibrancy across the sky. Not uncomfortably so. 
Dragonflies were about. Frogs croak, saying sweet and kind things to one another. You peer into the distance, and you see a massive crane bends down and snaps up a massive alligator and flies off towards whatever nest and young it needs to feed. Though, you can't help but wonder what has befallen of Tor. You had enough trouble with the brigands, and you're sure you haven't seen the last of them. Are we heading in the same, like, rough direction as the, where Tor had fallen? Somewhere along those lines. Definitely in an approximate direction. Though, you are still following the path that Sir Televar pointed you towards. The name of the destination was Telemi Hill. You look about you, though, and you don't really see much in the way of hills. There's plenty of mounds and piles, but nothing so grand as to constitute a hill. And how are all of you doing? What's going on through your minds? Do you have any inflections? Anything to do with the cute, adorable mustache of your recent companion? Or the Herengon brigands who attempted to rob you? I'd say Amanda's thinking that this all is pretty intriguing. Like, it was a little bit of a shock. It was a little bit of a culture shock, almost, when um, when the gang decided to hold them up. But also, it was really funny how that went down. And also, it's a lot, it's a lot of things aren't exactly as they seem, but it kind of captures Amanda's interests in a way where she is almost kind of enjoying this. It's not really dampering her spirit a little any at all. It's just making her more curious about this place. Fascinating. Ostrak, how do you feel about everything that's happened? You've heard stories of a land like this. Yeah, I'm just given what happened so far, I'm just wondering how my tribe even got to like pass through in the first place without getting turned into frogs that keep saying I love you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling pretty worn out. Like I almost died in that first encounter. Then with the little dragon guy, I was just happy he didn't try to attack us. Uh, I'm feeling pretty wiped out. But tapped out myself. Hobbs. That is okay, Philo. I will carry you on my back. And Ugh. Hobbs scoops up uh, Philo and is kind of reminded of all the times that um, he himself as a small log was strapped to somebody's back and like carried through the farmer's market. Um, and, you know, like has this sense of duty to make sure that everybody gets through whatever the hell this is fine <laughs> um i want ostrock and philo to rule me a d8 d8 i've got a seven you hear the cawing of a seagull on a nearby branch and as you look up at it ostrock you can't help but feel its cry come to you like that of croaking like that of a baby gripply who is fresh to the world and scared the seagull flaps at you mockingly <laughs> and then it flies away you can't help but be reminded of the other kids who bullied you when you were younger 
Philo. If this place was not bad enough, the bugs are awful. Just tiny little gnats that just flap around your face and buzz into your eye and nose and ear, making little trilling sounds, and no matter how many times you bat them away, they always seem to come back when you least expect it, as soon as you inhale or blink. <coughs> I'm not giving you a moment to thoroughly relax. Oh, man, this is like a real-life camping trip. <laughs> I mean, I even got the mocking seagull. Yeah, that, those Excuse are always you. Huh. So yeah, I want with someone else, not the two of you, to roll me a d8. Papa can roll a d8. That is a five. You hear the sounds of slurping. Gross. <laughs> and slapping of water. No, thicker than water. Macaroni and cheese being mixed. I wish. Tor, you are calling out for help. What do you say? Um, help? Please, <laughs> you hear, hear redhead. You hear Tor calling out from the direction of that sloshing and slapping. A pool that you have been skirting around, full of tall cattails near a grove of cypress trees. Do you pursue the source of the sound? Ah, our lagomorphic friend is somewhere in the reeds. Uh, and Hobbs just pushes into the, the muck. You do have to leap over a small gap. And it has been about hour and a half, two hours of travel since the tower... So Amanda's wings would be gone by now. But as you make your way past the reeds and cattails, you come to the edge of a pool. And at the bottom, about a 15-foot wide pool of mud buried in it, up to their waist, is Tor, with a sort of groove in the mud trailing in front of them as though they have been dragged backwards. And you see a jerking as Tor is being pulled deeper into the muck. Before I reveal, or rather, before I save you, reveal a truth about yourself. Tor, you have been walking around here and you heard some cackling. And then you were asked some weird question and you weren't sure how to respond. And next thing you knew, you were being dragged down into the mud. And you are now here calling out for help. And you see what appears to be Hobbs. Cresting over the horizon. Is this show and tell or something? I'm drowning here. Tor, you sink another six inches. Um, I, I, I hate that halfling who's, you know, trying to, who's, who thinks she's better than me back at the carnival. You remember her, right? What was the name? I, I don't know. I do not have enough care for her to stick her name in my head. I must know if you're the real Tor. This place is strange. The real Tor is allowed to not know somebody's name. What is my name? Tor, roll me a strength saving throw. Me? Yep. Sorry, I'm using an online roller and the first roll is lagging. Okay, that's pretty nice. Uh, 21. You see, as Tor is being dragged down to their muck, nearly to the base of their ears, they manage to grab a hold of a root and keep themselves in place. Yeah. No, I'm not. Ah. Uh, uh, 
I'm I think Tor is being decision. legit here. Yeah, as, as as soon as like the 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 word leaves Tor's lips, as like mud is like they're they're just like Hobbs. They don't get quite dragged down, but they almost do. At least their head and arms are up. I'm gonna extend a branch. It's like that scene in the Brave Little Toaster when they're all being dragged down into the muck. I. Oh my gosh. Alright, can I get a guidance on... So, as that is happening, Hobbs, I want you to roll me a strength saving throw. Oh. Am I getting that sweet guidance from Ostrock? Guidance is a saving throw. Or guidance doesn't work for check. Oh. This is as soon as you grab Tor's arm. You Because you can reach just about to Tor, because you're a big enough dude. That is an 11. With an 11, you grab a hold of Tor's arm and begins pulling them out onto the shore, but suddenly you find your lip slips, and now you're lying face down in the muck and begins sliding towards the same hole as Tor, and you hear a gackling, a cackling that goes, <laughs> What is our favorite food? No way. They are marshmallows. Now leave me alone. Wrong! And Hobbs, you feel a little arm beginning to suck you down into the mug. You are now grappled and restrained as tiny little arms and heads stick their way out of the mud. Tor, at least you feel like less little arms are grabbing you now. What what do these heads look like? But you still feel like a tight grip. At least you're not being dragged deeper at the moment. But you still have to hold onto the branch to keep yourself from being pulled deeper. I guess I gotta try. And you all slowly begin to see Hobbs sliding into the mud. You see a little head poke out from the mud. What's our favorite food? You, you, what's what's our favorite favorite food? food? Your favorite food is your favorite food. Now let them go. Wrong. And Amanda, roll me a, make a deck saving throw. Thank you for your kindness, 17. 17. You see a little muddy hand reach out for your leg and you pull it back before it can make purchase. But Hobbs and Tor are still being slowly pulled into the mud. Mm. Why is it asking for their favorite food? I mean, technically the answer is correct. Their favorite food is their favorite food. It's just not the answer they want. Well, Um, well, I guess I'm going to look around and try to figure out what their favorite food is. What if we just ask them what their favorite food is? What's your favorite food? You have to guess. But uh, we'll tell you in in exchange for something. For what? What you offer? You see a little face sputter up. Faces in extension. You see something emerge from the mud that kind of resembles a muddy face. And then you see a few more begin to pop their way out. You say, hey, 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 boys, 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 calm down. I think we got a negotiation here. All right, what you gonna offer? I don't got much, buddy. Um, I can put on a nice show for you. Look at the other ones. Roll a persuasion check. That is a nat 20, but I have a nat 20, so it's a 19. <laughs> Let's go. I mean, what sort of performance are we talking about? I, I, I am one of the finest performers in, in my carnival that I'm from. A carnival? You guys are from a carnival? Hold, hold on one second. And it dives down into the mud. And you still feel the arms kept around you. But then you begin to feel the sounds of murmuring from underneath the mud. Of like, rah, 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 rah. And Hobbs, you've 
managed to flip onto your back at this point. <laughs> Dead man's boat. I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, and then you see the figure stick its head out and says, Alright, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you our favorite food, but the rest of you, you gotta put on a show. A good one. Ah. Uh, you said you're from the carnival, right? Yes. You wouldn't lie to me. Right. Uh? And we are from a carnival. It's true. Alright. That's where we came from. What do you do at the carnival? You like a fire breather or a baker? Or like one of those people who rips kids off in the carnival games? Well, I mean, uh, what we did, we did put on a big, like, final spectacular at the end of the show. There was like acrobatics. There was a whole there was a whole show about catching bad guys. It was basically like a play. Like like, I guess you can call me an actress. I guess I guess it's what you can call. Me. So like a uh, performance arts. Yeah. Oh oh, oh okay. What, what what about the rest of you? What are you, froggy boy? You know you're a big frog. You know that. <laughs> you're like the frogs around here, but bigger. But not like the frogs by downfall. You're a bit smaller. What's your deal? Uh... Oh, I'm terrible at making things up on the spot. <laughs> what you do? He, he did a great acrobatics performance with me. We got a jumper, we got an actress. What about you, old man? Or young man? Or, I don't really know, I'm made out of mud, so... Young man! I, uh, I don't know how flesh works. Kind of spin in a circle and shoot rainbows and sparks. And play music. <laughs> God! That's hideous, but I can't help but morbidly watch. <laughs> yeah, I just kind of spin in a circle and uh, like lift my one foot up every other step. All right. I'll tell you what. These guys stay here as part of the audience, but the rest of you, you put on a show. And if we like what we hear, we tell you what our favorite food is. And then you tell it to us and then we'll let them go. Sound like a fair trade? Feel like guys. Cause like, you know, you can't lie to us, cause otherwise like, Zvilna will bag you in your sleep, right? Excuse me? No. Alright, just wanted to make sure. I sure don't. Hey Philo. Yeah. Don't fuck this up. <laughs> so yeah, at this point, Tor, you find yourself deep in the mud, but you find whatever has grabbed you, has kind of released you, and you see an audience begin to pile themselves onto Hobbs like a bench and one on top of your head as a stool. So let me begin by telling you the story of the happy hopper and the marvelous magician. And then I point to the other two. Hey. <laughs> Philo so just what? makes Philo noises. <laughs> <laughs> sparks so one day the happy hopper was hopping along as he does i like, whisper up oh, i can't hop <laughs> why isn't he hopping i thought you said he hops what's up with this uh can i act like i'm hopping roll a performance check <laughs> someone throw him in the air <laughs> Oh wait, that was a cock dice. <laughs> I got a three. You just see he does a bit of a splat. And there's just a little murmuring from all the little methods of What 
Your frog can't hop. Hopper has a problem. Oh, shut up, shut up. That's part of the plot. We're supposed to pay attention. Oh, no. I can't hop. I told you it was part of the plot. No, you didn't. Oh, in this marvelous world is going to save him, but a marvelous magician. Magician? There's a magician on the stage. He's going to help him. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pay attention. Uh, I shall help you with my rainbows. And I shoot him and cover him with rainbows. Oh, God, what's he doing to him? You don't have to look. Just just cover my eyes. All right, while he's shooting me with rainbows, I'm casting guidance on myself. All right. Oh, thank you, Mr. Magician. And uh, I'm going to use my portent, my last one, to give him a 15 on his roll. Oh. I think you'll find yourself a little bit more happy now, Happy Hopper. I get it, because he's a frog, but he's also happy, and the words sound the same. If that's a 15, I add the d4, that's a 3, so 18 for the next performance check. <laughs> and yeah, Ostrock, you bend down, and you don't cover any d distance when you hop, but when you do that, you do succeed at doing a backflip. Wow! Did you see that? He just did... Did, did the thing, and, and he, like, flipped over and he was in the air. I was like, yeah, yeah, I know, dude, but we can fly. But the two of you stop muddling around and just clap? Wow, what? What? I wasn't paying attention. I oh, did a thing! Yo, what's the jumping? Ah, uh, yeah, we, 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 gotta, we gotta decide if that was a good enough show. You guys done? Uh, Alright, they're done. Everyone, everyone, adjur everyone, everyone, gather. Group huddle. And they all sink down. And you can all hear the sound of murmuring, but you can talk between each other for a moment. At least it's the, I think that's the best shot we could have done. Yeah. I don't like this place. <laughs> <laughs> Hobbs, Tor. You did I like that. He's just ready to fuck shit up, but he's just kind of going to see where this is going first. Yeah. Hobbs <laughs> like, uh, uh, is just sitting there waiting for his moment to go absolutely <laughs> Ape shit. Like, yeah, uh, my familiar is circling like a fucking bird of dread. <laughs> yeah. Just like, as soon as I am out of this mud, I will rain hell. You hear the sound of a crying baby Gripply again. A seagull you saw an hour ago. Uh. That then flies away. I'm going to use my prestidigitation again to make a small, non magical, like, picture frame of us doing this performance, like a image. It just lasts for one hour. Ooh, nice. And you go ahead and conjure a little trinket. Yeah, and then when they come back, I'll offer it to them as some of a, a Oh, I like that. This is it for you. All right, they come, they come up, up and, and say. say. All right, they come up and say. All right, then. So we talked it over and, well, you know, and it's kind of been a while since, you know, since any of us saw a show, we were probably at Motherhorn last. But you guys, it it wasn't that bad. Actually, no, that would be a lie. It was pretty bad. <laughs> but you did that one cool backflip, and all of us who were paying attention thought it was pretty cool. I offer them the picture. It's of the backflip now instead. I recast it. <laughs> oh yeah, like this thing. Hey, David, you can have it. Yes, 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 thank you! And you see Dave just sink under. <laughs> like, ah, like, oh, thank you so much. Uh, 
for helping us get rid of Dave. Um, anyway, uh, our, our favorite food is mud pies. Oh. Oh. We should have guessed. You like mud pies, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very funny. So our favorite food is mud pies. We're made out of mud. Like, what do you expect? That is why I said marshmallows. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. That, that wasn't that bad. It was funny. So, anyway, that's why we laughed about the hoppy joke. Happy hopper joke. And, uh, but, you know, like, that, that wasn't bad, but we like a lot of puns. All right, so tell us, what's our favorite food? It's mud pies. All right, now we all gotta move before Dave finds out what's happened. Uh, have your friends back. Thank you so much for helping us get rid of him. And you see, they all just flap these muddy wings and fly off into the distance. Bye-bye. Well, that was strange. Let's also leave before Dave gets back. Yeah, I, <laughs> that little... sounds like a good idea. A head pokes up and says, hey, where'd everyone go? <laughs> oh, no. Let's what? get out of here. They just ditched Dave. They ditched him in a ditch. <laughs> Ditchy Dave. Wow. Sad. Tragic tale of Dave. The tragic tales of Dave. Hey, you know where uh, where the guys went? You guys guys. That way, and I point in the completely wrong direction. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, they went to the mud pie cafe. What are you talking about? The the mud pie cafe is in the opposite direction. Oh, they opened a new location. <laughs> I'll believe that. And he flies off in the direction you indicated. Let's go. <laughs> we got to find Jingle Jangle. You have to what? Jingle Jangle. Oh yeah, we met this, we met this little perverted-looking dragon and saved him's life from a couple of garden snakes, and then he gave us some advice and also a very tiny sword. I think I could use okay. it to stab somebody. Don't stab. If me. I were so inclined to stab somebody. All right, well, get us out of here. Okay. My legs are tired. Someone pull me. Yoink. And you go ahead, and with a loud slurping sound. You managed to pull Tor out of the muck. Actually, are you stepping into the mud to do this, or are you using Hobbs as a bit of a peer? I'm looking good. Alright, so whoever is pulling Tor out is using Hobbs as a buoy. And a loud sucking sound accompanies Tor's egress from the ditch. I'm glad to be finally seen as a peer to you all. <laughs> I feel like you're being infected by those mud fairies in the head. Yeah, they're gone now. You don't have to keep punning. I just have to keep up. It's it's like a muscle. You must flex it. This is punishment. <laughs> I oh, it's spreading. Encourage the use of puns. All right. Can somebody roll me a d4 real quick? Uh, okay, I'll do it. Three. Okay. As you pull out of here, nothing seems to change. The breeze still remains the same. The fly is still buzzing about. How does everyone feel after that encounter? Just relieved to have Tor back. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, our plan worked. Yeah. And you notice that as you are beginning to feel a little bit better, Philo, you don't see nearly as many flies around you. Nice. As though they are just leaving you alone. And you pick all of yourselves up and you can make your way on the road again. Do you discuss anything during your travels? I update Tor 
on more or less what happened. Mm-hmm. Sure. We can abridge some of those details. We don't have to role play it all out. So um, it's like, first of all, I talk about, I, I say, I, I explain to them the rules we were told, but then also that we came that we came across this gang and we quickly learned that probably most of these rules don't apply. So I feel like it's kind of a case by case basis on if we should apply the rules ourselves or not, though I want to try to follow the rules. I, I feel like it'll be better for us in the end. I kind of want to try to take the high road myself. I can't really control the rest of you, but that's what I'm going to do. And then in the end we met and then I described the whole situation with little perverted dragon knight and what he told us about who we need to find and the such. All right. Well, sounds like you guys have been busy. There are two types of dragon knight. You have only met type A. The other one is... Alpha, alpha dragon knight and beta dragon knight. <laughs> Omega. Which one was the type that you met? Okay, let's uh, move on from that conversation. It's clearly not a path we want to go down. I, I understood your bit. Thinking of alpha versus beta males. <laughs> so. So, okay, if we're looking for a hill, where exactly are we going? Because this place doesn't really have hills. Hmm. Well, the place is still called a hill. Did, did, have you tried doing, like, an aerial look over of the area? Um, I will shoot up my owl familiar and see through its eyes and get a good old gaze. Tor, an owl comes out of Hob's fucking head. Are you okay? Something just came out of your, you, yeah, yeah. Oh, they've always lived there. Their name is Owl. All right, Owl, Valen. Good to know. I will follow the owl up in order to give them assistance on whatever perception or similar check they may be making. Uh, what is the speed of the owl and what is Amanda's speed right now? Amanda's 15. Yeah. Owl is 40. So it is tiring. I will give it that. As you attempt to flutter your way up, the owl just does a quick boomerang up into the sky before preparing to swoop back. Well, I'm looking, like, main objective is hill, secondary objective is any, like, landmarks or threats. Because there is, like, a rolling fog that exists around here. Not super dense in most portions, usually more clumped up together. So as Amanda gets up maybe a good 15, 30 feet up, the owl has already reached the pinnacle it needs to get a lay of the land. I'm going to have Al roll me a perception check. That is seven. <laughs> uh, oh, plus advantage, because Amanda's helping. Yeah, uh, it begins swooping down. Amanda, you don't really have the speed to keep up with this Al. But even with a seven, it does see uh, this. It lets you kind of perceive this sort of cypress grove that is growing in the direction you're looking. You see this cypress grove. The trees are a good 60, 70 feet tall. You see in the middle of these trees seems to be the cresting outline of some sort of peaking rounded... I'm not going to say it's a hill. It might be a small mountain, but the sights are hopeful. It might be a burial mound. 
I mean, it could be a giant anthill for all you know. And it could be just waiting for a giant anteater to come along and gobble all of you up with it. <laughs> I do oh. not know what an anteater looks like. I really... like a funky boy. All that information to my uh, companions. And I reassume my vision in my Hobbes body. As your friend Al begins to return towards the cuckoo clock door that is your head. And Amanda, you do catch a little bit of the same thing as you see the Al returns as well. This is slightly depressing. No one will ever know that this is slightly depressing. I will tell nobody. And I just slowly return <laughs> to the crowd. <laughs> what is wrong, Amanda? You seem slightly depressed. Amanda, roll me a D8. <laughs> roll a depression check. This is getting Critical so success on depression. Mm. Oh, no. There is just a fetid smell of, of garbage. It just accompanies the wind and swirls around you. <sighs> okay, do we smell the garbage smell, or yeah, is it yeah. just Amanda that smells? It's like when Amanda gets close, the fetid garbage smell just, it picks up on you. Though I don't know if Hobbs has olfactory senses, I leave that to you. Sweet garbage. Bor <laughs> is just thinking it's not polite to ask if someone passed gas. Doesn't smell like someone passed gas. It smells like someone opened a trash can lid. It oh, smells like attract bees. Not the bees. I can't get another infection. Another infection? What happened the, 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 the first time? Of bees. Oh. <laughs> that sounds unfortunate. This is the part where I insert the laugh track. You know what? No. Let's let's make it a drama. We see Hobbs sitting on a metal table wearing a gown. The doctor comes in. Yeah. I don't know how else to tell you this, but you have a case of the bees. <laughs> <laughs> we have a few treatment options, and, and I would I like, would to, like find to find time, time to discuss, discuss them, them with you. With you. <laughs> Do you smoke? <laughs> I, I, when I'm infected with bees, I wear a beekeeper outfit to keep them all in. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the play. Anyway, <laughs> I'm so glad we're here. We have we have confirmation now. You guys have confirmation now that the direction you're going is promising. Okay, we are I'm off more confident in heading way. that direction now. Yeah, sounds like a plan. Okay, you leave some of the ditches behind and make your way towards the cypress trees. As you approach the canopy, you begin to see these high roots rising above the waterline. These massive knees made of gnarled wood with these lines of varying tides. And before long, you find the trees rise above you. And rather than navigating around or over them, you're within a cage of the cypresses, navigating and ducking and climbing throughout this web, seeking the largest the widest path that you can, that the woods allow. Who is taking point? Oh boy, marching order. Marching order. Uh, who here would have the best navigational ability? I feel like it might be someone like Astrak. I'd probably, more? yeah, I think I would take the lead for navigation purposes. All right. 
Roll me a survival check, then. Aha. I know survival. <laughs> That's an eight. You know survival until you don't. Until my dice are just like, nah. I have a plus five, but I rolled a three. <laughs> As you wander through the maze, you begin to wonder if you should have arrived by that hill by now, or at least Hobbs does. About an hour or so has gone by since you've arrived here. But after a while, Hobbs, you become certain that you have overshot it in some capacity. I will say what does help a little bit is the fact that you have Amanda who would probably instead of be tunneling underneath with the rest of you, can leap between the sort of larger roots where she can find a purchase and has sort of been following you from above. Mm -hmm. While the rest of you are in this sort of inaccessible cage of cypress roots and trees and knees. And we just see a fluttering from time to time as Amanda makes her way from above. But then, Ostrock, you notice that as you take a step into what you thought was going to be a relatively firm patch of dried mud, you find that you are now you have now stepped into about a inch of water. Yuck. The tide? There be water. I assume this place might have some sort of tide. We look it is a swamp after yeah. all. Fuck you. I wonder how high the tide arises around here. I mean, it got pretty high when we were coming off of the bridge. Well, and water never killed anyone, so for now, let's just keep going through it. They talk for right. someone who was almost killed by water. We look up at little Amanda, who is perched on a branch about 15 feet above all of you, peering down into the slowly glistening ground that all of you are standing on. You see, though, Amanda, as you're peering through the cage, you see Ostrock take another step into three inches of water. That's more than an inch of water. Okay. And you begin to feel a flowing from some direction, some circulation, though it's hard to pick exactly from where. I think we should start climbing the trees. Can I try to assist whoever I can in... You guys are blocked. You guys cannot get to Amanda. What if um, we back out and find a different route? You guys have been traveling for quite a while, but just now it seems to be rising. While all of you are quite low to the ground with no path above you to get to the tideline. Oh no. Um, but you but think, you, think you, have you have a path, path forward? forward? I'm going to ask the trees for assistance. All right. Where is this coming from? Is this from a feature or a spell? Is this just you being like, I'm a tree. What's up, bro? Uh, uh, I do not have a, a speak to tree feature. I do speak Sylvan. So maybe I try it out in Sylvan. Okay. Yeah, you do speak Sylvan. What do you say? Um... We are looking to rebalance the world. Will you please allow us to move forward? You see the tree is still positioned there. You can move around this one, but you're unable to get above. And as you look down, you're at about a foot of water, and it's beginning to get a little difficult to move. I'm, I'm kind of asking if they'll, like, it just, carry just, us through, like, lift it just, us it, up. The tree is just sitting there. 
Okay. Can, can I kind of catch on to what Hobbs is doing and say in Sylvan, if anyone here can help us through this water and in, in, in our travels, I can certainly help. Like, are all you guys standing here while you're attempting this? Because what's happened is, like, you guys are down in a cage. The trees don't seem to be immediately responding. Hobbs' assistance. Keep is, moving. And the water is getting higher. And from what it seems like, you should be there by now, but your trajectory got a little bit off, which means it can't be that far away. Or at least some opening that could get you above the water. And you guys can absolutely try this, but I want to know is if you guys are holding position here or if you're going to try to pick up the pace from what you were traveling at before. Short of Amanda, who can just kind of flutter. Right. So what is it going to be? Let's keep pushing forward. Keep pushing forward. I think Hobbs and I are kind of doing this while we're pushing forward. And you're like, hey, tree, can you help us out, dude? It's kind of more of like if if there's anyone here who can hear us. In exchange for helping us through here, I can make you feel beautiful. Okay. Uh, Does Ostrock? I was going to tell Tor and Fala to stick close to Hobbs in case we need to start swimming. Yeah. I am I am the emergency flotation device. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ostrock, I need you to roll me a survival check. Again. Alright, can I guidance myself? You absolutely can. Alright. I was literally another three, so that bumps me up to a twelve. Twelve? That is plenty enough. As you are peering through the foliage. You see, Amanda, you're looking about the trees for someone who could offer some sort of assistance, and you see a little squirrel pop out and goes... And the squirrel looks over at you and says, Me? Ostrock. As that is happening, you peer through the maze and at the edge of the vision before the fog obscures it, what you can swear is the edge of a grassy slope right by where the water is rising. I think I found it. Follow me. That right. Alright. Okay. All of you are rushing. Water in this pool. Only about a foot and a half. Yeah, it's like half my body. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I take a quick moment to pause the squirrel like and like druid craft like a little bit of like pink grass on top of its head. <gasps> and then keep going. <laughs> I'm rolling a d8 for the squirrel. As soon as the squirrel reacts to this and all of you run away, you see a little branch sprout out of the tree it's on and grows a little golden acorn. (laughs) It's its lucky day. And Amanda feels a little bit better for doing something good with herself. Yep. And as you push forward, you begin to sort of surpass Amanda. You begin to actually surpass Philo and, and such, who begins to struggle as uh, the water is now waist high to him. Yeah, I strapped that boy onto my back, for right, sure. You, you, we, okay, so we see as Hobbs just picks him up and uh, sort of straps him around the waist with some measuring tape or something. But as the rest of you sort of push your way forward, you see Ostrock is, he seems to be moving with confidence, more so than he was before. And we see as like he ducks through and rolls underneath while Tor contortions themselves as they manage to kind of squeeze through a space that otherwise would not accommodate a medium creature. I want 
everyone to roll me their choice of an athletics or an acrobatics check. Ah, all right. Um, because I have a swimming speed, do I get anything from that? Uh, yeah. I'll say that you just don't have to roll. You can hold your breath and you can time your spins. So. All right. That is Wait, a does that include me as well? Yeah, Amanda, you don't need to worry about it because you are above it. You just have to hope that the rest of your friends don't die. Yeah, so Hobbs, we see as like you're a full trooper going through there. And by the time we get up to four feet, you're literally just bending branches out of the way and shouldering past chunks of thinner grown roots that have not quite reached the ground. And we see as you all, though, make your way towards a dead end, the ceiling of this cage right above your head as Ostrock dives under and disappears. And Hobbs, you don't have to breathe, but you find yourself going underwater with Philo. That is a 21. Tor, there is like a narrow crack that you can lift your way up here now. And your head almost goes underwater, but you manage to keep it up as you and begin to pull your way up onto shore and you see Ostrock emerge from the tangles below onto the edge of this sort of grassy slope where you literally have to grab onto the thick clumps of grass in order to get yourself away from the rising water. And Amanda flutters down and you look down at the water behind you and you don't see Hobbs and Philo quite yet since they had to duck under the water near where Tord squeezed through and Ostrock has dived through as well. Did we make it to the hill? Yes, you are at the base of Telemi Hill. Yo! You see, the ground at the very least is a drastic contrast from the reeds and marsh that you had been traveling through before. It seems to almost be slightly out of out of place, nearly a Windows desktop in saturation. You see massive willow trees bending over you, but the one tree, Hobbs, that you probably care most about, you do not see. Oh, can I check back oh. underwater for them? <laughs> okay. And you begin rushing back towards the water, deep enough where you can peer underwater. And just as you're about to put your face down, we see a rippling and a breaking in the water. We see an opening that is just big enough for you to go through and two massive wooden hands reach through and a cracking sound reverberates through the uh, you know, the, the submerged layer and we see as Hobbs just pushes himself out of the canal cradling Philo. Hey. And we just see as he Baywatch runs out of the water, football carrying Philo on his hip. Okay, good. Everyone's here. And the water is rising a little bit more. May I advocate for a short rest here? I'm exhausted. Alright, let me just take a quick scout of the perimeter to make sure it's safe. And can I try to scout out for like a spot where we won't get ambushed? You are greeted by the scent of sweet-smelling fruit. A grassy moss blanket accompanies a gentle slope that rises towards the top of the hill. We see these trees, which resemble willow trees, are in fact decorated with a variety of orchard fruit, dotting the hillside, swaying as though they are in a breeze which is absent to the rest of you. 
And you could swear, Amanda, that one of the willow trees extends a branch and just waves towards you. Like, I wave Hi. Hi. You see all the other willow trees take a branch and wave towards you, and then they go back to their normal swaying. Is it possible for me to, like, somehow signal using Druidcraft or just talking or Sylvan and ask if it's safe here? Oh, yeah, man. Hi there. I think this is uh, your first time here, I take it? All of you hear that in common. Why, um... Yes? Yes, it is. You know, uh, it's a pleasure to meet you, you know? I take it, uh, you're gonna be friendly, right? We're not gonna... Yeah. Yeah, you know, just just chill here. We don't, we don't put up with any trouble here. Because otherwise I'd have to very forcefully ask you to leave. And I'd hate to do that, you know? Yeah, you know, I like to keep a safe space here for folks like you who... Just wanna wanna take a little breather, right? Bye, thank Thanks. you so much for your hospitality. All good, man. Just uh, you know. Just take care of yourself. Just let me know if you need anything. Uh, you take care of you. Mm-hmm. You're not sure where the voice is coming from. Uh so this is Telemi Hill then? Yep, that's me. Oh you, you know somebody named Jingle Jangle? Oh yeah. Your friends of Jingle Jangle? Not yet. Uh, <laughs> you're oh, going oh. to be. Well, if you're not already, that's the right answer. My uh, bark-coated friend. Probably take a brief rest first. First? If you want to, I can uh, lead you the way up. All right. She's uh, got a little bit of a boat at the uh, pinnacle of my peak. Well, you can do what you want, but uh, it would probably be more comfortable up there. Actually, uh, you think maybe you could help me with something a little bit? Uh, what um, do you need? What would a hill want? <laughs> it's not really for me. And you see some of the trees sag a little bit. And they just sort of like drear down on this very, may I say, out of place hill. My friend Jingle Jangle got into a bit of a altercation. And they could use a little, you know, cheer up. I just don't think she's in a good place after what happened. Miz is alright if we ask what happened, then we can know how to help her out better. Well, the truth is I don't really know either. She came back after looking for some truffles. After all, she's lived here for a while, but she she just came back one day, and she didn't look good, didn't have any truffles, didn't have any new keys, and just walked her way up to her cave. I don't think she's really been eating much lately, but if you'd be willing to help her out, I'd really appreciate it. We'll see what we can do. Of course. And uh, Telemi is internally grateful for kind folks like you. Just just be careful out there. Be careful. Just, and just be careful around her. Tread lightly. She's been through a lot. I'm an immortal fae being, so I have difficulty comprehending. We'll try our best. Uh... Oh. Uh, are you heading anywhere particular? I was thinking of uh, stretching my legs. You can move. Well, yeah. How do you think I got here? How do you think you got here? I moved, so that's yeah. fair. <laughs> we all move. If we're okay. not moving, then there should be a little bit of concern for our safety. Oh, so, yeah. Some fair wisdom, fey friend. Anyway, I'm gonna go ahead and get a move into a, a new part of the swamp, so everyone hold on! Gonna hold on! And you begin to feel the ground beneath all of you tremble. 
and we see as Amanda was probably at the bottom of the slope at the moment, sort of stumbles backwards with the rushing of water at her ankles. And we see as she actually has to flutter as the grass and the moss sort of rise up at a consistent, not incredibly jerky, but qu quick pace. <laughs> I imagine it rises faster than I can, and I just get splatted against it. Well, you don't get splatted against it. You get tumbled off of it a little bit, and you can see underneath the hill. Eight legs wearing big, colorfully striped socks and moccasins that sink into the swamp with curly shoes with little bells at the end of it. And you can see that this hill from the bottom is about a half mile wide. And as you fly above, you can see the willow trees extend all the way across it. I love this so much. Yeah, I'm gonna hitch a ride. And as you grab a hold, you see as the first couple of legs begin picking themselves to begin walking. And all of you are just sort of holding on tight as the ground beneath you stops shaking and actually becomes rather calm, just the occasional sort of rumbling beneath you with each sip. And all of you can now stand up and regather. Alright. I guess while we're moving, we can head up to Jingle Jangle and pay her a visit. Okay. This has been quite interesting. It has been. It's nice to meet new people. And the trees part, you see, to reveal a bit of a hunting trail. And we get a capital S, capital R short rest. We had this discussion a, 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 bit, a bit. We're not quite doing short rest the same way that 5e usually handles them. But you, you are coming up to one of those points where you'll be able to roll hit dice and get back short rest abilities. I think we're going to yeah, get yeah. a short rest when we get up to the cabin, basically. Yeah, we're just reflavoring this a little bit because this is an adventure where things like time are a little, a little uh, ambivalent, we'll say. But I will absolutely factor that into our next session before we deal with anything else intense. Yeah. But as you make your way up the hill and we see the shaking continue, and as you make your way towards the pinnacle to meet with Jingle Jangle and offer whatever solace to find out whatever harrowing experience she had survived. That is an excellent place to end this week's episode of The Wild Beyond the Witch Lake. See you soon. We appreciate your support in listening to this podcast and leaving us a good rating. Please consider subscribing and following us on Twitter. Music is used with permission by this way to the egress. You can find links to them, some of our sponsors, and other collaborators in the description below. And lastly, remember that in a pinch, peanut butter does make a suitable replacement for shaving cream. See ya!